Hello, and welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we discuss an off-forgotten installment in a franchise and see if you check it out for yourself. I am one of your hosts, Corey, and here comes Tokyo Joe after the mad Russian! And with me, I've got Mitch. Otis was my friend, David. He didn't deserve to be a toothpick. <laughs> so true. So true. Otis did not deserve to be a toothpick. You just lost your Otis. You've been looking for a toothpick for the last couple of I minutes. I did, yeah. We just got back from eating buncha. Delicious. <laughs> Okay, so that took, us, no time. that took us 20 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> We're fueled up. We It's probably two meals worth of food, and we just both like dummied, it, dummied it. the plate. <laughs> now, I feel like we should tee this up somewhat. There's a local place that we love dearly. Fochuan. Of course. Stop by if you're ever in the area. And they have this incredible buncha dish. That uh, is exactly like my experience of eating that dish directly in the country of Vietnam. I don't know if it's exactly like it. I mean, we ate it on plastic chairs on the sidewalk. Right. We're at a real table. Yeah. Like a big boy table, I should say. Um, but you know what I mean? Like the food itself. The quality is good. It's it's uh, authentic for sure, I would say. And um, every once in a while, Mitch and I like to go and just sort of, you know, Hang out, but this instance was incredibly serene. It was. There was the soft piano music that was playing along the slideshow of Brazil. Yeah, and the place was empty. Yeah, and save for like two also quiet people. Yeah, and and the staff recognized us. They said, "Do we even need to bring the menus?" And I said, "Yes," just to flip through. But we knew. We knew all along. The cat was in the bag, and the bag was in the river. Yeah, and I'm the half deal in the bag. was sealed. And um, we just had a nice, pleasant meal where we ate too much. And now we're sitting in a nice, dimly, moodily lit living room. And um, we've got Jaws on the screen. We got Jaws on the screen, foreshadowing. And um, I will say, for any of you concerned, first of all, the crop on that truck is preposterous. By the way, in Jaws, where it's still got the police lights on it, but it's just a pickup truck with no roof, (laughs) is outrageous. It looks pretty sick. The Amityville police seem to have it pretty good. Yeah. He's ripping as well. He's going like 130. He is. Roy (laughs) Scheider's the dude. Absolutely flying in a toy truck. And, um... Not not Amityville. Amity Island? Amityville's Amityville's the horror horror thing. Just Amity. The Amity. Yeah. Yeah, the Amity police. Uh, the Amity. Oh, the Amity. Has always been celebrated for its excellence. <laughs> <laughs> Amity. Amity Island never takes out a shark before its time. <laughs> Paul Masson. <laughs> so we're off to a heinous start. It's vintage dated <laughs> and in the bottle. <laughs> If you're wondering where Liam is, where he's missing out on this comedic gold, um, unfortunately for us, he was attempting to get back home and faced uh, a flight delay, which prompted a flight cancellation, which prompted him having to stay an extra night in a hotel in a city that is neither his hometown nor where we currently are. And then he had to fly in the opposite direction to catch a connecting flight to get back here. So he's not here. He did not watch Alligator 2 The Mutation. He doesn't know what it's like to sit in a perfectly serene Vietnamese restaurant and enjoy a meal with a good personal friend. 
Oh, and we didn't even talk we much. We barely said we, we anything. We barely spoke. We just enjoyed each other's company, and the boon job was a beautiful experience. It was genuinely very it nice. Was, it was therapeutic. I needed it. It was meditative, and um, I'm really just sort of basking in it. And now we have to turn our minds towards sort of um, ominous aquatic horrors. Um, both on the screen here in the room where we silently watch Jaws, and in the film Alligator 2 The Mutation. You were saying last week, for anybody who missed it, you're like an alligator aficionado of sorts. There are a handful of alligator features that I think are good. It's kind of like a subgenre of the alligator features. Of the of the of um that whole genre, right? Like there's the Lake Placid franchise. Yeah. What's you, that Sam Raimi one produced that's new? Oh, I don't know. Ish. Like, I don't know. There's also um Oh God! What was Toby Hooper's second film? Anyway, there's alligators in there. We don't know these. Hold on, let me. I'm gonna look the last two movies we tried to name yeah. up. You just keep going. I, I got it. Yeah. So I, I do love um, these kinds of movies. When I was younger, I really loved shark uh, media. Like Shark Week was my Eaten thing. Alive is the Toby Hooper one. Okay. Incredible name. Yeah, it's a really fucked up movie. And uh, yeah, so I love that kind of media and I love Jaws and I read a bunch of books about uh, like I read this one book about like, you know, shark attacks along the eastern seaboard in 1916 called Closer to Shore when I was a kid. And so I just love um, the genre of like the shark movie and the alligator is just like a alligator movie is a close relative to that in a way. Uh, they I was follow the same language. Crawl from 2019. And there's also uh, Primeval and Blackwater, I guess. There's a few more, but I was thinking of... I'm just still thinking about Blackwater. Ah, I'm just reminiscing about Deepwater Horizon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We dumped all that dang oil there in the ocean. Arthur, we need more (laughs) money. I'm just thinking about Blackwater. That, ladies and gentlemen, is from uh, Contender for this show, Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> we could do it. We, we could. We could play the it's entire such a long game. game. I love that game. It w- we would be the worst podcast on earth if we decided that watching video game cutscene movies on YouTube counted as movies. It, it would be a lot of cutscenes, even so. Like that. Yeah. How long do you figure that would be? I'm sure. Ages. It'd be long. Does it include all the side quests? This is making me want to reinstall Red Dead Redemption 2. You could do that today. It's a massive game. It's like 200 gigabytes. You don't got anything going on this week. Nothing important. That's not true. Sure, <laughs> surely you could just take in some true. hours of RDR2, bro, with my good pal, John Marston. Arthur Morgan. I can't do a good... John Marston, what did I say? I can't Is do that the good... right name even? Did I make that up? I was doing else? Arthur Morgan and Dutch Vanderlyn. But who's John Marston? John Marston's the character who you mainly play as in the first game. Well, you, you do play as him later in, in Red Dead Redemption 2. I don't know why I knew that name. That's bizarre that I knew that. I can't do a good John Marston impression. It's debatable I can even do a good Arthur Morgan. <laughs> no, you can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, not debatable in the slightest, in my humble opinion. I am... I would say deeply unfamiliar with the catalog of alligator-based film, personally. I don't really see a lot of alligator movies. You ever eat an alligator? No. It's not very good. Where did you do that? 
Uh, I had it at a restaurant um, here. It's not open anymore. Uh, here? Yeah, in Ottawa, yeah. There they was, were offering gator? Yeah, they had gator. What the fuck? Yeah. And, uh, but yeah. Uh, it was breaded and fried. It tastes, kind of has like the texture of fish, but it tastes like chicken. Everything tastes like chicken. Yeah. I guess that makes the potential of eating it kind of underwhelming because everybody's just going to be like, yeah, you've, you've had chicken too. <laughs> Like the that's sequel. all it really boils down to in the end. It's not very good. I don't. It's not my favorite meat by a long shot. What is? If we're just talking about meat, if we're just talking about meat, uh, <laughs> I love pork. I love chicken as well. Yeah. If we're counting fish, do we count? Are we counting fish? It's meat. I guess it it's is not meat. not meat. It doesn't stop. I love meat. Because I love it's salmon fish. and trout. So this is interesting. I'm glad we're pivoting to this. I have spent my life kind of a marked seafood hater, but that was primarily born not out of eating it and not liking it, but rather an assumption that I would not like it and therefore I did not eat it. Like the childish, immature approach to take Mm. when it comes to this whole deal. You never ate fish like growing up that much? Yeah, and I was never like pushed to, so I just didn't. I I just decided to be picky about it. Um, but friend of the show, Laura, who you all know, mm-hmm. once I was hanging out at her house and we were getting supplies to make dinner and she got salmon and we had that and like whatever she had made. And then I, I wasn't gonna, I was like 25 and this was a friend making me a meal. What was I going to say? No. Oh, I don't like salmon. And then I just ate it and it was good. Salmon's great. That was the long way yeah. of me saying that, but you get what I mean. I think my last meal would probably be salmon, honestly. Mine would be buncha. Yeah. Nah, I'm not even going to kid myself. Yeah. That's, w- my favorite meat is whatever meat is in buncha exactly as... Pork. But exactly as they've done it. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> what a meal. <laughs> a succulent <laughs> meal. A succulent Vietnamese meal. What are the, <laughs> the charges? Um. So yeah, we're just kind of playing it a little loosey goosey here. Um. But you have seen alligator. You think I have? I certainly you have. have have. Yeah, I certainly have. You thought maybe you had seen this? I thought. I think I started it and watched the first two minutes and then gave up. But that was just because I was about to do a double feature, and then I realized I didn't have. The you didn't nerve. really want to. I didn't have the nerve to do a the double. The nerve. Yeah. <laughs> This guy's got a gun and handcuffs on his nightstand. Man, the mise-en-scene of Dora the Explorer <laughs> in the opening scene. Can you tell me where the handgun is? Can you tell me what this character does for a living? Handgun, badge, handcuffs, a coffee mug with a policeman drawn on it. That's right. He's a janitor. A pig. No. <laughs> Um, I didn't really know anything about this movie before watching it other than the poster, which is pretty fucking sick. If you haven't seen that, go look at our Instagram because I put the movie posters up on the Instagram when the episode goes out, go look at it there. They made another, um, on Instagram at they made on Instagram. It's at they made another on Instagram. Yeah. Rate us five stars on Instagram. Five stars on Instagram. Please. No, on everything. Just, just give us a review. Up. Five please, stars on Instagram. It. There's the shot. There's the vertigo shot in Jaws. <laughs> the Jaws shot in vertigo, more like. Got him. 
And uh, I was excited, though, because the poster tells you pretty much immediately, like, what you're in for, more or less. And I also think the implication of the subtitle, The Mutation, really tells you that they've sort of jumped the shark, if you will, um, in terms of, like, making it a little sillier. And I was open to that. It This movie feels like a movie very at home on our show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Alligator 2, the mutation, was built in a lab to be featured on They Made Another One. Yeah. For good or for ill. And what's interesting, too, is Alligator, the first film, came out in 1980, and this one's 1991. So not an insignificant amount of time to to pass. And the first Alligator movie was reasonably successful. Yeah. It, it's always interesting. Like, there's different phases of... It's not even franchise revival, because they just decided they could call it Alligator 2, and people might that make people that may make people more likely to see it. But, um, yeah, what I find fascinating about it is just that early 90s window of resurrecting stuff from, like, the late 70s, essentially. And just being like, just dust the name off of that bad boy and just toss a movie over there. You have to think that Alligator 1 probably did super well on home video. Has to. It has to, right? Slammed. The, that is a rental. That is a... Or just late night tv yeah like built for that built for it again Um, in a lab well in alligator one it does come from a lab the gator sort of there's this experiment that's happening on dogs this unsanctioned government experiment and they're given growth hormones but meanwhile it's also playing on that urban legend in new york of people flushing alligators down the toilet bowl when they grow too big and they get them as pets and they can't keep them so down the drain they go. I don't think I was ever. Familiar You've never with heard that. that story? No, that's insane. Yeah, the, it was. It was this. Uh, I don't know if there's any validity to it. I doubt it. Um, in this film, Alligator Two, they speak a little bit about that. Um, then they speak about it with this this seriousness as though it was actually real. But I feel like I've read that it was actually debunked. Um, but yeah, there's this urban legend that alligators are in the New York sewer. And the first film is set in New York, but that alligator eats those dogs that are filled with growth hormones and grows 10 times the size of an alligator. And oh, is so al- it's is kind of an alligator, the mutation. It is. It is mutation. Okay. So this is more r- similar in that respect than I expected. This film is extremely similar to the first one. Does it include greedy developers? It has political intrigue. Okay, sure. I'll accept that. Yeah. Okay, so familiar ground if you are familiar with Alligator conceptually. Um, I was excited, though. This is this is just bread and butter stuff, and I, I'll never say no to that. The director of this movie is the director of Excessive Force 1. Yes. Yeah, John Hess. We came up with that last week. Yeah. Uh, who also directed a movie called Crash and Burns. <laughs> But B-Y-R-N-E-S, like a name? Like Gabriel Byrne. Yeah, or David Byrne. (laughs) Or another Byrne of some kind. Um, He was also a producer on American History X. What? Yeah, I know, right? That's kind of out of nowhere. The Crash and Burns Excessive Force Alligator Do guy. (laughs) Okay. I I guess he knows a good deal when he sees it. I guess he must. 
the writer is Kurt Allen. He he just had I don't know what any of these movies are, but their titles are great. Blind Vengeance, Bloodstone, Deadly Passion. All great. No notes. This movie has two editors, two cinematographers, and one composer. So we're gonna be here a while. Okay, go Bear with me. Go ahead. I'm I'm in for the long haul. I, I'm boon shot. I'm literally glued to this seat I ate so much. The editor, Christopher Ellis, is deeply familiar with our good friend Ernest. Hey Vern, it's Ernest. Ernest goes to school. <laughs> Ernest goes to camp. Slam dunk Ernest. Ernest goes to fight in Spain. Ernest, Ernest works for the <laughs> Toronto Star. <laughs> Ernest writes The Old Man in the Sea. Ernest comes third place in the Indianapolis 500. <laughs> Ernest goes bullfighting. <laughs> Ernest dies bullfighting. That's not how Ernest died. How'd he die? Ah, that's, <laughs> how they get you. that's what the CIA wants you to think. <laughs> they want you to think that Vern, Vern Ernest, not the real man, but Ernest, <laughs> clocked himself out, if you will. Um, the other editor is... Marshall Harvey, who we know. The name rang a bell. I think this is probably where we got the Alligator 2 connection on the list initially. Looney Tunes back in action. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. Chaz, Chaz, if you're listening, you got to come back on the show. Chaz, baby. (laughs) What's up? Um, Also, another recent title... Uh, don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Again? Marshall Harvey, bro. Again. Um, Lake Placid. Okay. All right. So there's an alligator through line here. The Burbs. The Burbs? Small Soldiers. A variety of Christmas Prince films. What do you mean? Like films called The Christmas Prince or like A Christmas Prince 2. What's the deal? Is it about the wise men? I think it's the Netflix movies. Oh, okay, okay. Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2. Yo, we gotta do that. I used to love that movie when I was a kid. The, the You're insane for that one. It's the craziest take you've had on They Made Another One. Cinematographer 1 is Joseph Mangine, I think. Exterminator 2, which has also come up recently. A Gesundheit. Sorry. Uh, Neon Maniacs. Alone in the Dark, The Sword and the Sorcerer, Alligator, and this is an incredible title, strap in, Hot Skin, Cold Cash. Holy (laughs) shit. That's going to be the name of my autobiography. That is electric. That better be like an absolutely filthy neo-noir. Hot Skin, Cold Cold Cash. cash. Keep Uh, the oven on. Keep the freezer cold. <laughs> I don't know what that even means. Michael Shea, also a cinematographer. Okay. Charlie Sheen's Stunt Spectacular. That's a film? Yeah, I guess. Huh. Uh, Body Slam. And also the following films. Winning. Bandit, Bandit, Bandit. Just three bandits? Bandit, colon, Bandit, Bandit. Which I think is a conversation we've had before, but it's funny every bandit. time. Bandit. Bandit, bandit? Bandit. Bandit goes country. Bandit. Bandit's silver angel. These are contenders. All of them. Bandit. Seemingly. Bandit. 
Bandit. That's almost like force on force. The the winner would be Bandit, Bandit, Bandit on account of echoing excessive force to force on force. Yeah. It would have to be that. Jack K. Tiller is the composer. He has a boatload of music editor credits, including Maniac Cop 2, Aces, Iron Eagle 3, House for the Repossession, a bunch of Friday the 13th movies, including Jason Goes to Hell, and the Richard Lynch film Invasion USA with Chuck Norris. Huh. Which you have also mentioned on the podcast. And I've seen. I've that's, seen that one. That's the one where he's shooting with the two. Yeah, and he drives a pickup truck yeah, through yeah, a yeah. mall and uh, Russian terrorists blow up suburban homes with rocket launchers. Yeah. Um, like, there's a the whole sequence of the movie which is just guys in a truck, including Richard Lynch, gleefully blowing up suburban homes. You could honestly just call that movie America the Scared. It's. it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> American terror. <laughs> um, They're all going to blow us up. Also, some composer credits include cats caressing the tiger. What's the deal with that? Is there any relation is to a, cats the musical? It is a National Geographic special about the similarities between cats and big cats. I could see how that would hit. Uh, Casa Hollywood. And... The Mysterious Island of Beautiful Women. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. Hot skin, cold cash. cash. <laughs> That's going to become a thing. I can tell. We're going to hit Liam with that when he just doesn't know what the fuck we're talking about at all. Like in unison, like a hot skin, cold cash. <laughs> what, how do we feel about cold skin, hot cash? So it's like dead people and like keep your cash in the microwave. Selling corpses for money. That's all I'm saying. Uh, dead people and illegally printing money. This movie stars <laughs> Joseph Baloney. <laughs> Sorry, Joseph. I'm not. Well, it's spelled B-O-L-O-G-N-A. But that's baloney. Bologna. It might be Bologna. Bologna? It, it might be Joseph Bologna, but I think this man's name being Joe Bologna is like way funnier. That's <laughs> how it's spelled. Joe Bologna. Joe. <laughs> what does he do for a living? <laughs> Joe Bologna's packing that meat. <laughs> <laughs> I have the hiccups now, which is not good for doing an audio oh, podcast. No, sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want a glass of water? <laughs> Do you have a water bottle right there? <laughs> are you are you empty? I don't know. <laughs> is this staying in the part where I realize I have hiccups? No. Laughed too hard. Flew flew too close to, oh no. Flew too close to the sun. Case it case stand by. <laughs> Pardon the interruption. Uh he was on Big Daddy. <laughs> uh Superman the animated series. Revenge of the Nerds 4, Nerds in Love, and Tango Shalom. Huh. 
Yeah, I don't know about that. D. Wallace plays his wife, Christine, who's in everything. E.T., The Howling, Critters, Cujo, Jeepers Creepers, Reborn, The Skateboard Kid 2, Vanishing Sun 4, Best of the Best 3, No Turning Back, and Mrs. Columbo. What shouldn't exist. Stars Captain Janeway from Star Trek Voyager. Shouldn't exist. It shouldn't, but I kind of want to see an episode. We could do it on the pod, I guess. We absolutely could. We could. We, could. we should. We should. There's one more thing. One more thing. Does she one more thing, people, do you think? We have this thing at work where we say just one more thing too many times, and they've put a Columbo counter up for me. For us. For us. And we're, we're the problem. I mean, it's not even like it's an like intentional. It's mutually assured destruction. It's not even an intentional thing. We just say, oh, just one more thing too much yeah like we're not doing a bit yeah it's it's a bit now but it wasn't initially richard lynch is hawk hawkins he's also he's also in the sword and the sorcerer which i want to watch invasion usa as mentioned lords of salem halloween cyborg 3 the creation scanner cop october 32nd puppet master 2 transfers 2 total force Force on force? No, force, force, force. Fucking losing my mind at a movie called October 32nd. Huh. Extra Halloween, bro. Was it a leap year? I think... How do you feel about this? It's a leap year, which it is. It is. We should be able to choose which month gets an extra day. How I do you feel so. about I that? I think so. Put them all in the summer, in October. October 32nd. Yeah. Or, 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 and hear me out, what if we could do, like, like, it's, it's June 13th, and now it's June 13 too. <laughs> like, the Final Fantasy June 13 too. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, like, I'm just saying, I don't know, I feel like this is a lot of potential. Um, Woody Brown <laughs> plays Officer Rich Harmond. He's in Secret Games 3 and Animal Instincts 2. So we will truly be doing this show for the rest of our lives. That handle flash is crazy. In Jaws, yeah. Dude. Was that a Pentax? It looked like one. I think so. Dude, exceptional stuff. Um, Holly Granger, or sorry, Holly Gagne. I got there. It just spelled a little strangely. Holly Gagne plays Sherry Anderson, the mayor's daughter. She was on Days of Our Lives and One Life to Live and General Hospital and the Oprah Winfrey show. And she's very beautiful. In she's this. dashing. Um, girls just want to have fun and also Pacific Blue. Shout out to Pacific Blue. It's a show about bicycle cops. That's real. <laughs> that's a real. That's what I've seen episodes of it. That's what that show is about. I'm, I'll take your word for it. It's sort of like Baywatch for bike cops. They wear helmets. Good. They'd better. <laughs> just another example of the hypocrisy found in law enforcement if they don't. Yeah. Bill Daly plays the mayor. He was on the Bob Newhart show and I Dream of Genie for like a billion episodes. I have not seen either of those. I have no idea. I, I know shit. I Dream of Genie, right? I've heard of it. Yeah. He's, never he's, seen. he's of the ancient text. <laughs> He's been around the block. That's pretty much the Dead Sea Scrolls. Oh, of, we've got another. We've got another incredible heater of a name. Steve Railsback. Steve Railsback. Yeah. 
He's back. Ah, and he's railing. <laughs> With Joe Baloney. <laughs> Dude, we got Joe Baloney, Woody Brown, and Steve Rails back. Incredible names. <laughs> Incredible names. Um, he plays Vincent. He was in Life Force, Barb Wire, American Pie Presents the Book of Love, The Devil's Rejects, The Hitcher 2. I've been waiting is the subtitle to that. The Hitcher 2, I've been waiting. I've been waiting. And also, Nuki. <laughs> I've never seen The Hitcher, but I've heard good things. Me too. I've yeah. heard good things. See Thomas Howell and all that jazz. Mitch has gotten up and he has ex- he has evacuated the premises. <laughs> He's simply bunchad too hard. And I'm back. Thank you, Luis Miguel, for the musical interlude, which I don't think for like legal reasons I could keep in the episode. No. But well, I mean, if I cut it down, maybe I bet I could. Maybe. We'll see. Pretty good bit, IMO. Brock Peters plays Chief Speed. Great name for him. Clarence Speed. He's in fucking To Kill a Mockingbird. Is he? Yeah, he's the guy. Oh, yeah. I know. Jeez. What's his name, Tom? Uh, Tom uh, Tom Robinson. Yeah, he's him. Yeah. He was him. He's huh. still him. That that credit is one of the most like oh I've ever been like looking at these. I often forget that Robert Duvall was in that movie. Dude, too. that movie's gas. It's a good movie, yeah. <laughs> He's in Soylent Green as well. Star Trek four and six. He is in the radio drama adaptations of Star Wars as Darth Vader. I could see how he could do that. Yeah. He's got the voice for it. Yeah. Uh, and also, he was on the. I ha- I'm legally obligated to mention this. He he played um. Oh gosh, what's the character's name? I should know this. The Birdman. Uh, the Birdman of Alcatraz. No, in uh, Mortal Kombat: Defenders of the Realm. Oh, I'm useless. Yeah, the '90s cartoon. Yeah, Ratham right. maybe. I'm not going to be able to correct you. It might be that. Maybe I'll lose my fan card for not remembering. But also, who gives a shit? <laughs> the show's really bad, and I've seen every single episode. <laughs> Heinous. Um, Trevor Easter plays J.J. Hodges. He was on Salute Your Shorts. Vojislav Govadarsha, who was credited as Voyo Gorich, plays Carmen, the bodyguard. He was in Rambo, First Blood Part 2, and a movie with the most insane title I've ever read. Murder committed in a sly and cruel manner and from low motives. That also might be one of the longest titles it's we've so seen. so long, dude. I, it's weird because like you feel like you get the gist of it after it says murder committed in a sly and cruel manner. And then it adds, and lest you thought these were noble... Low motives as well. <laughs> like shit's all fucked it's, up over there. Most murder is committed over low motives. 
Presumably. There's very few there's sort very of like few reasons why you should kill someone. Justifiable murders. Um I kind of cut some of the cast off. The Wikipedia and IMDb lists didn't match in some of these sort of issues. Um Kane Hodder plays one of the wrestlers. Okay. Like the Jason guy? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, of course. From from the movies the other guy edited all of. Or rather music edited, I should say. Uh <laughs> Carmen Philippi plays Wino Henry. <laughs> that's the that's who I quoted at the top. Yeah. Otis doesn't shouldn't be a toothpick. Thomas Rosales Jr. plays Victor. Professor Toru Tanaka plays Joe Tokyo Joe the wrestler, which is what the credit says. That's how he's spoken about in the film. Joe Tokyo Joe the wrestler. <laughs> um, and then Alexei Smirnov plays the mad Russian, the wrestler. Um, which I believe are real wrestlers. I don't think that guy makes people call him professor for non-work purposes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So this movie is about a cop who just loves his community, but he hates spending time with his wife. Um, that's not exactly true. This is about a cop who works a weird shift relative to his wife and son. And he never gets to see him because he works too hard. And then it's his birthday and his wife is like, we're finally going to have sex on your birthday because we never see each other or get to have sex anymore. And he's given a surprise birthday tape. Not like that. It's from his family. It's like a happy birthday tape. Sorry, we're not home. And they're singing for He's a Jolly Good Fellow. Which, which is weird. Nobody sings anymore. It's like they didn't get the rights to happy birthday. Um, but all of this is torn asunder by two separate problems the first of which is shady land development deals between the mayor and a corrupt sort of landlord real estate tycoon who, figure. who looks like a rejected character from american psycho who looks like a rejected character from american psycho and he wants to take the sort of like geographically beautiful and spacious but relatively low income latin neighborhood in this uh city that we're in and develop it into a bunch of like rich guy houses and condos and shit and he's got the mayor in his pocket to do that but that's been complicated by two other things one he's dumping poison chemicals in the lake two guys go fishing in the lake and they encounter two things one they encounter chemicals in the lake two they encounter a giant alligator in the lake. This alligator has been infused with the dirty chemicals of the future from a from a drum that says future chemicals on it and uh, has become like superhuman, super gatored, I suppose, and is large and robust and cannot be stopped by mere human weapons. And he's eating people and he's terrorizing the town. And now good guy police officer that loves his local community who knows everybody has been roped in ruining his birthday to try to solve all of these alligator crimes in but in a very jaws sort of way the develop the greedy developer and the mayor want to have like a big party carnival to announce the launch of this like new development and the and Joe Baloney is like, no, surely you can't do this. 
there's a gator in them waters and they're like yeah you're crazy and then uh-oh there's a gator in them waters and uh they have to bring in some richard lynch and the southern gator hunting boys it was pretty much robert shaw in, in jaws yeah and uh everybody gets heavily armed and uh they gotta fight a gator that's essentially it yeah and there's some intrigue in the politics with like the mayor's daughter doesn't like the corruption deal and she teams up with like hot rookie cop and like detective baloney and they're gonna like all team up to stop the gator is what happens and also his wife is like a genius biologist it is very funny the science scenes and how they're depicted in this film it's mostly like domestic life just by way of science the two scientific conversations are they're each at work on the phone and the other one is over a ruined birthday dinner in which he eats the most well-done steak any man has ever chewed. <laughs> That's the movie, essentially. That's the movie. And uh, this movie really resembles the first movie. Okay. It, uh, it follows the same beat. You have a cop who's a bit of a loose cannon in the first one he's played by this guy um, feels like less of a loose cannon more like he's purely pure-hearted you know what i mean yeah like it doesn't feel like he's being like wantonly risky about anything but you get the sense that he has a reputation for for, for being a little loose skirting he, he the parks rules in no parking zone sure yeah and so in the original film the cast i think is better you've got robert foster okay or sorry forster uh, Robert Forster, who you might have seen in like Jackie Brown, yeah, a um, bunch of other stuff, and he's really good. And uh, but anyway, he it's the same structure. He gets his badge taken away, then he gets rehired to go after the Gator. <laughs> this guy gets his badge taken away for about five seconds. Yeah, and then and then, the, and then Chief Speed just goes, "Ah, you're back. Yeah, get me that Gator." And they set up explosives in the tunnel, and but not enough explosives to take on this massive. Wow, gator. it's literally that the same. And they they hire an out of town alligator hunter. Oh my god! Uh, and there's that political subplot with uh, that penetrates local government in New York, and also with some unsavory individuals, um, gang types. It's yeah, it's it's pretty much the same movie, like beat for beat. This one has a bit more wrestling yeah more wrestling i'd say it's like more colorful in some ways surely visually um, yeah visually it's more colorful new york uh plays differently i feel like the budget looks bigger i'm not sure if it is bigger in the first film if but it's not bigger they shot it well to yeah. imply that it was bigger yeah the first film has uh, a bit more of an impressive look about it but uh and some people would say the first film is just better but i I like them both quite a bit you like this yeah yeah i do i guess that's easy when there's a lot of overlap yeah it's like if it ain't broke yeah did you like it um for the most part yeah i just think some stretches get boring it gets a little which parts it gets a little like i don't know some of the frankly just some of the talky stuff where but like what i found interesting about it is it has a very um like it knows very precisely what it is doing and the script is written in a very like punchy very like buddy cop-ish not literally like they're buddies and cops but like um a very punchy heightened jokey um snappy kind of way 
Yeah, and there's enough uh, quirkiness. A lot of quirkiness. Uh, that kind of that keeps it interesting and fresh. I think even in those scenes, like this is a story that we've all yeah. seen with with, with stock characters that we have all seen. Nothing about this is is like super original, narratively speaking. Yeah, and I'm not necessarily um, I'm not knocking the script for that. I think that's yeah. one of the benefits is that it's like it's odd, like um, when the two valet security cops who are actually VIP guards for the mayor's daughter are roped into having to get their colleague out of a bathroom stall that the detective baloney locked him in to escape to go hunt the gator better and when the mayor's daughter pays a quarter to open the stall and let him out a news team camera has entered the bathroom and is filming the entire interaction like that's really elaborate and it's fun it's a good bit it's like this movie is very like fun i find that it's not fun in like a laugh out loud riot kind of way but you're like entertained pretty much the whole time yeah which is i think more than we get a lot on the show like it is uh very very watchable and just so many little instances and episodes and little quirks like like why the hell is there professional wrestling at a country club with that va- with valet parking the most insane thing in this movie and i'm glad we're getting to this early is the bad guy evil developer own owns a country club and they're like oh you can't go there it's full of unsavory types and you think it's going to be like highfalutin coke guys like men doing cocaine and sort of like um, Wall Street kind of sleaze guys. And the room is full of that. But it's got a wrestling ring in the middle. And it just big old beefcakes going absolutely bananas in there. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, what are we doing? But, like, I love it. It's really stupid. And, like, the developer has brought the mayor there to watch the wrestling like it's a big lavish party. Yeah. And I do love the way that the, the action mounts in this film. Like, it, it's very uh, just a consistent rise with escalating incidents and introducing new characters who I think are a lot of fun, like um, the alligator hunters and, and the gang and some of them that yeah. are speaking C- Cajun French. Um, it's it's just got so and much... We've got the gang of guys in leather jackets that say crazy boys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's just all this weird stuff going <laughs> Look on. Look out, it's the crazy boy. I definitely think the depiction of... of and uh, he's like the one cool white cop in like the Latin neighborhood that they sort of trust but don't fully because he is ultimately the system. Yeah, the depiction of like Latin American people are... Um, antiquated. Very antiquated in this film. But like, for what it's worth, seemingly well-meaning at least, rather than malicious. Yeah. But just like very like we needed like an othered community for our bit to work mm-hmm. um that was like disenfranchised somewhat um another thing i want to hit on early is i think this movie is shot extremely well so do i like i, think- I was floored at how like inventive and interesting looking a lot of this feels oh yeah i think one of my favorite sequences visually is the sequence on the ferris wheel the, yeah. di- the dialogue on There's the Ferris There's no wheel. reason for that when to be on a Ferris wheel, but it's awesome. The evil businessman shoots the mayor, and they're going around in circles on the Ferris and wheel. And there's nobody else on it? It's sick. It's a really cool way to film a dialogue. Yeah. And 
it's and it starts right from the beginning with interesting choices because like there's the opening POV gator sequence, which is like good. Like the the set design of the underwater camera element is like really good, mm-hmm. I thought. Like it looks very cohesive and there's that bit with the rat. And then, like, you've got really moody exterior lighting when it goes to the guys dumping the chemicals. And then another weird bit where it's like, hey, do you think we should really be dumping these chemicals? It's like, you got to ask Vinny about that. And the camera just pans and he's standing right there. In, this, <laughs> in, the, in the brownest <laughs> suit in, you've in ever the seen. In face. And it's, um, I don't know, like. It just works. It just works. I'm trying to remember if there's anything this, else from the beginning I wanted to talk about in terms of, like, the way that it's shot. But, like. Oh, yeah. So then we get Detective Baloney wakes up with the world's greatest mise-en-scene, which is the clock says it's 11 a.m. There is a handgun. There is handcuffs. There is... He's disheveled. There's a badge. He's in a family home. He puts on a robe. It's 11 a.m. His family's not there. Sounds like somebody's breaking in. So he's like... Let's go check it out. Grabs his gun. But then... Instead of him just going downstairs, the camera goes handheld and follows him out of the bedroom in like a tight, delicately worked POV as if someone is following him down the stairs and makes it like very claustrophobic and tense and immediate. This is his house. Like they didn't need to be doing all this is alligator too. You didn't need to be doing all this. Save this for Charlie Sheen's stunt spectacular, dude. Fucking slow your roll. Um, I just, I really think there's a lot of instances of the camera work going above and beyond. Yeah, I think the wrestling, particularly like the medium wides where they show the whole ring and you're getting the ambiance of the country club, but they're taking unique angles like table level shots from far away. Or like almost the kind of sports photography that you get with that um iconic photo of the Muhammad Ali like knockout that's from like the high angle stuff yeah yeah and it's just like they're like really really committed to giving this movie a distinct visual look and it's it's palpable I don't think it communicates anything thematically but pure style like it looks good yeah the the film looks great. It just looks really good. And it's very kinetic, involved frame camera work that I think elevates a lot of those sequences. But then even you're just saying like interesting like blocking and framing choices of like the Ferris wheel or whatever. Where you're just like, yeah, there's a shot where he's talking with um Victor, like the other local gang guy who's like kind of cool. But like the they're framed by the water. It's night. They're moodily lit. The two palm trees they're on are backlit. And they're, like, leaning against them in different, like, physical poses. And it's a very, again, it makes it a very, like, kinetic-feeling space. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, what a needlessly interesting shot that you've developed here. And they've spent the money in the right places here, too, yes. uh, in terms of visuals. Like, I love the sequence where they they kill uh, the chief of police, uh, Chief yeah, Speed. Yeah, they blow that car the fuck up. And it rolls down the hill. Yeah. That's a sick shot. They knew they put and the they, money. Yeah. They do it all in one long master. And then cutting to the mayor being held at, like in the vehicle that just killed the chief of police by a developer gnarly the film is crazy like it, it definitely like takes bigger swings i wrote in my notes that if jaws is like the champagne cocktail of creature features then surely alligator 2 is the 
dive bar tequila sunrise. Yes. And I don't mean that disparagingly. Oh, <laughs> I don't mean that disparagingly. Like I think like if you're It's so- cool that it's so committed to taking swings. Yeah. Like- if you are somebody who who goes in for the champagne cocktail of creature features, you're not gonna like this. But if you if you li- want a fucking you, tequila sunrise. If you like something that's full of grenadine and kind of sweet, kind of crazy, probably the overpoured, um, this is the film for you. But like there's clear talent here. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's, yeah. it's I very mean, good. Yes. Like, and I know you're also saying that, but like, it's really good camera work like, all through the country club, and then the fun lighting compositions, and then like once you get into the sewers and it starts looking like the third man, you're just like, holy shit! Obviously, it's not as good as that. Let's not get it's carried like away. The third man with a rubber alligator. Yeah, it's it's the third man with the rubber alligator. But like, again, like. If they're not doing something inventive, their fundamentals are really good. Yeah. Like, those sequences all are just, like, they're lit how you'd want. They've got mood and atmosphere and, like, energy to them, which I think all goes along. And all way. the characters in there, it's all well acted. Um, yeah, like, mostly. Like, I think, like, the... The the homeless dude, the wine... Jim the Wino or whatever his Wino name Henry. is. Wino Henry. His, uh, like, his performance is really fun in the sewers. Um... The alligator hunters are all really wonderful in the scenes where they're navigating the sewers. I do like the central buddy cop dynamic. Yeah. So it all works. I like the buddy cop and mayor's daughter relationship. Yeah, it's great. Like I could have watched a movie that just was about them. I, I love the scene where they go on the date and then you Dude, just... it's insane. Like it goes from them like having a meet cute and then it cuts and they're both like they both look different and tired and they're like talking about their their fraught relationships with their dads. Yeah. Crazy. Just out of nowhere. Um, that's an insane pivot. I really do like the dynamic that all these characters have with each other. All the relationships feel like built, which is nice. Like the relationship between Baloney and D. Wallace is like it feels real. Like they feel married. It's nice. They they have like a banter and a backboard, but it feels like born of knowing each other well. Mm-hmm. And uh then we've got uh, Baloney and the local sort of neighborhood, which feels like he's like genuinely integrated as much as he could be. There is him and the chief of police, which is very classic. Um, but like they know each other and they're doing bits. You tell me when it's the final last last time and then we'll negotiate. So you know that Baloney pushes the line, but like it all works. The rookie. And him wanting to take the ride with him and then not being allowed and then sort of getting there ultimately is good. The mayor and his daughter is good. The mayor and the developer is good. The cop and the mayor's daughter is good. All them Cajun boys is good. It's all really good. The dynamics all feel very, like, real. And, like, well acted. And I said that I prefer the cast in the first movie, and I do, but... but um, The performance quality. Yeah, there's, there's nothing really bad here in terms of performances. I, I think maybe I find uh, Detective Baloney a little bit sort of like milk toast, but he's kind of inherently milk toast. He's supposed to be. I but th- even then, I think he's like, he's like giving it. I would like to have seen more of his wife. Um, D. Wallace, D. Wallace is, is good. First of all, D. Wallace is the mom in like every 80s movie, which is insane. But also, she is so committed to this that she's like wildly underserved because she's like, she's playing the like flirtatious bit really well. The scientific back and forth she's delivering great. The heightened, like, panic of the gator encounters. Like, she is firing on, like, 
cylinders that you would not believe. Like the part where they climb out of the sewer after trying to blow it up and it doesn't work and it's all just very like fraught. Like she is really, really good. And why is she there? But anyway. And why is she there? But also like she's really good and then she's like barely in the movie. Yeah. I think the one thing that I think is a bit is disappointing in this movie is how the final conclusion kind of pays off. Uh, I think the final confrontation with the alligator is kind of lame. Um, I would agree. I do like just two guys, two guys being dudes crawling through the sewer with some RPGs. Yeah. And it it does mount uh, well enough to get there. Actually, they may be grenade launchers more specifically. No, they're, they're, uh, but RPGs, the rocket launchers. Yeah. But RPGs have like a look. These just launch rockets. Yeah. They're, they're like um, they're, they're the saws, like the collapsible ones. Yeah, yeah. Not the saws, the the laws. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. I'm disappointed with the ending. I would have liked to see a bit more of like a bombastic death for the villain. It was just kind of like normal. I I would have really liked to see him get like fucked up by the gator in a more inventive way. Yeah. Um, and the actual gator death. The effect is great. Yeah. Um. The but. gator looks kind of hokey, but in a way that I like generally. Oh, yeah. Like when the gator is walking th- through the carnival, like on land, and everybody's just like running away, and it just cuts to the gator face, just like statically, like, ah. This is rubber <laughs> alligator face. It's really fun. It's really good. Um, it, the dynamic, though, is also really bizarre of the way this town works, like the heightened bit that we're talking about is like this developer has enough power to insist to the mayor that he can force cops to put other cops on house arrest and it works. How? Corruption. Corruption, I guess. Um, And then nobody actually follows through on any of it. Like the, the later appearances of the chief of police become so like hectic because he's just running around, and then Detective Bologna's like, you gotta go to the military, and you gotta get us, like, like grenades and, and rifles and launchers and, and AK-47s and all that stuff. And he's like, okay, I'm gonna go try to get that. And then he comes back, and he's like, you gotta get us all these other weapons. And he's like, okay, I'm gonna, I'll, we're gonna go get a helicopter or whatever. Uh, the National Guard's on holiday, <laughs> the but... The National Guard is on holiday! Uh, uh, oh, they're not on holiday, they're running they're maneuvers. They're doing military drills. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's just fun. It's just, it's got fundamentals. They do the no parking zone bit twice. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a movie that it's just fun to spend time with. Fundamentals. And it feels... The banter in the bathroom when they're uncuffing rookie cop. And it's such a charming scene. It's so sweet. I think this is a very TMAO core film. It, it feels like it could be in the bargain bin right next to Excessive Force 2, Force on Force. Like, it could be... This- Excessive Force 2 and this are the coin flip. Because both of them have weird heightened sequences and borderline nonsense and bold camera work in scenes at least. One of them works. One of them generally doesn't. One of them is consistently fun to watch throughout, which is all, the other you, one, all you can ask for a movie like this. Yeah. Like, I don't think you should go looking for anything else, just so long as it's consistently fun and you're entertained, and this movie does that. Excessive Force 2, Force on Force does not. No, yeah, like, this is just, this is essentially what if Excessive Force 2, 
like hit its marks drastically different genre and, right, and no, interests but, no, no, but no, sure but like you get what i mean budget like, from a budgetary yeah like in terms of like release and like uh f- like functionality i like, think this film probably had a higher budget but but um yeah i, I see what you mean though it's yeah you get the yeah. gist of it um i don't know yeah uh i think one thing it does that's smart is we barely see any of this town and i think what i like about that is whoever location scouted this did an incredible job that like boardwalk promenade avenue whatever by the lake where all the developing's happening we basically see the same strip of it set up differently every time but it's got this big fountain in it which just sort of like paradox a little bit of like how is is this, is this a low-income neighborhood or not because it looks pretty loud it looks very nice but um like we see the same strip dressed up differently. It gets the carnival. It gets the developer shack. It gets different angles. It gets different lighting. It gets different times of day. It gets different parts of like where the reeds are and they're not and the boardwalk and the alligator. And like they didn't carve out a lot, but they do a lot with what they did get. Like we have this area to shoot in and then they have like the police car sequence separately and they have like an indoor precinct and a house. And that's basically it in a country club. But like they make that exterior area with all of the walking around work for the movie really efficiently but thoughtfully. Like you never think to yourself they're using the same strip for the eighth time. And the movie is paced in such a way that it also doesn't feel like that because it's interspersed with other areas that are interesting. Like, like for example, the, the country club that we keep going back to. Just because it's that's a bizarre sequence. It's a bizarre sequence, a bizarre place. The police precinct, um, a few instances of like the you know where the car goes down the hill or something, some like driving sequences, and then yeah, it's it's just this carnival boardwalk place, and we see we see different areas of it. Like we see like the inside of an area where there's a radio DJ. I really love that. I I, I wrote a note for him too. Yeah. I love any movie that has like a needless radio DJ bit. Yeah. And he's he's really good. It's fun, um, and I just love this like nineteen eighties carnival. I saw that and I was like, Dude, the design Cor- Corey's of it? gonna love that. And the way they light it, they light it with like Christmas lights. Yeah, it's really colorful. But those lights bounce off the water and they bounce off the decor and they give the space a lot of life, mm-hmm. especially after you've seen it like repeatedly through the movie. I didn't even feel this good about the movie when I watched it, but talking about it, I'm like, this movie had that pizzazz. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Like, it really elevates it. And then, like, when the Gators chasing everybody and they've got, like, all these immaculately dressed 1991 extras, and, like, it's just got a very distinct feeling. I know it's 91, but it feels, it feels like, like the 88. 80s. Yeah. It like, feels like the 80s. Um, not that I was alive then. But. But imagine. Yeah, what a film. Do you think that you would be inspired to go out and see Alligator 1 after this? Did you enjoy it enough to seek it out? Probably, but if it's less fun than this. It's less uh it's it's a bit more grounded, but it's also like still like pretty zany. Still zany. Yeah. Yeah, I would. But like I'm very impressed by this movie. I don't I'm not going to sit here and say that this is like top 10 best movies we've ever seen or anything. But like it's a rock solid, a, a strong movie. It's a rock solid film. It's like everything you need, nothing you don't. 
good bits, good act. We haven't even talked about some of the performances. Richard Lynch is dialed in. Yeah, he's really good. He is consummate professional. He's doing like something that a lesser performance would make really annoying. And he nails it. And, he just, and the, they just feel like guys. That part is so out there. I think it, you ha- it takes a special performer to, it, like, to we, he weirdly bring that in. It. Yeah, weirdly, like, you wouldn't think the Cajun Gator Hunter would ground things. Yeah. I'm not saying he's a Robert Shaw in Jaws. Right. But he, but, he is this colorful character who you just can't help but smile when he's on the screen. Yeah. And for some reason, he's always, boys. always carrying a double-barreled shotgun, even though it's useless against the Gator. Yeah. And that confrontation scene with his men in the sewers, is it's, a, good. it's a lot of fun. Dude, the Gator bites the ladder off the wall. They yeah. Have to, they have to drop baloney into the sewers to pick Richard Lynch up in the they drag them both out. <laughs> and he's really good. He's like yeah. he's throwing knives at trees. He wears a a hand cannon on his hip. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. It's just everybody's just it's the it's fundamental. Yeah. And in terms of like creature feature movies, when you have the hunter character come in, it's personal between him and, yes. the, and the gator which they make it personal it's not immediately and then it becomes personal well he might have like a, a personal dislike against the species and then it eats his friends and then it eats his and brother. he's like oh brother and uh, i just love it when you have that kind of a character who's probably this old hunter who's hunted a million gators like the moby and, dick and now of it it's, all. it's personal <laughs> um it's just it's a stock character but it's a great kind of character if that, it ain't that broke, I, I never tire of seeing no it's fun and a good performances make it great yeah yeah this movie's fun this movie's great watch it yeah watch alligator 2 it's on shutter is it yeah oh i i, uh, I didn't know that I one have, and two are on shutter i don't have shutter anymore because mm-hmm. i had to downsize some subscriptions it's also streaming on the roku channel i don't have roku either ah fuck i spent i spent 199 to rent this movie oh. to watch it in pristine quality at least um yeah i mean we i feel like we covered everything that i like Roger Ebert gave the first alligator movie one star and says, he said at the end, why don't we flush this movie down the toilet and see if it grows into something bigger or greater? It did. It did agree. Good news, Roger. It did. Give it 10 years and you'll get alligator too. Granted, I'm not convinced Roger Ebert would have liked any better. They were spoiled for good movies like this back then. I think if a movie like this came out today, I would be all over it. I don't think I don't know if it would do well. Well, though. the conditions in which movies are made are so different that I feel like it also wouldn't have the same charm because it would be it would be less charm. It would be, it like, would be like not. I feel like the fact that I it's it's practical effects practical too mid, is fun mid budget practical effects creature feature with a sense of humor, but not like a post ironic one. Just like a it's just got dumb bits, dude. Sign me up. Sign me up. Sign me up. <laughs> I don't know. It's great. I like it. It's good. Check my notes. See what else I got. Yeah, I looked at my notes. With all my notes, kind of start saying the same things over and over. I like this movie. This movie is good. Some truly beautiful sets. I already said that. Great <laughs> Hol- I wrote down, "Holy shit, that. he killed the mayor." My first note was starring Joseph Baloney. <laughs> that was literally my first note. Oh, I, f- I was thinking about the, the similarities uh, with this film and... Uh, oh, I do have a critique. And uh, the original. Also, the love interest is the girl scientist. Interesting. So. 
I will say the music in the beginning alligator encounter is bad. Is it? It's like the worst style of like we need this to scare you. Give jaws but we can't do jaws. You know? I didn't like it. You can't win them all. Also, I did accidentally say in one of my notes at the beginning, well, I guess they didn't have a good shark prop, which they wouldn't because this is an alligator movie. <laughs> so, of course, they didn't have a shark. Also, um, somebody literally says, see you later, alligator, in the movie. Sign me up. If you're saying that in an alligator movie, Also, I'm in. a cop in a police precinct does say to a woman, come back when you learn English. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Crazy. When I see the, the depiction of um, you know Latin American people is kind of it's uh, not great. Kind of not great. It's not great. Though that's the depiction of racist people. Racist people, yeah. But I feel like even the depiction of like uh, of, uh, like Latin American people right. is also it's, pretty it's, racist. It's one note. Yeah, absolutely. Um, watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Um, unfortunately for Chaz, I know we, hey Chaz, we're just going to talk to you directly again to see if it weirds you out when you listen to this episode. Um, we're not doing the Genero today. I'm sorry about that. Me personally, Corey is, um, I'm I'm sure Mitch is fucking kicking his feet. I'm thrilled, but I'm not the one who's making the decisions. Yeah. Well, well, Liam kind of made this decision. So what are we doing? We're heading to the theater, bro. Oh, we got new releases to right, tackle. Twenty twenty four. We want to try to get to more of these. We're not right on time for this one, but it's closer than we usually are by like years. Um, so there's a movie out that you may be aware of. It's a reboot, remake, and it's a musical. And I ain't talking about no Willy Wonka. A musical. A, a musical. musical. <laughs> and I'm not talking about the reboot of Ted as a sitcom. I'm not talking about that either. We're talking about Mean Girls. <laughs> the musical. On Wednesdays, our podcast about Mean Girls comes out. And also, we wear pink. On Wednesdays, that's from Mean Girls. Why'd you shrug like that? Have you seen Mean Girls? I've seen Mean Girls. I just forgot about that. Okay, I'm going to say this now because it's fun. I've seen Mean Girls exactly once. It was 12 years ago. I've seen it like three times. Yeah, I've seen it I've seen it once. The I'll save why we watched it because it's funny. Because me and one high school friend watched it together. And that's the only time I've ever seen it. Why'd you watch it? I said I would save it for the Mean Girls episode. Can you tell me off? off yeah, I'll tell uh, you. Okay, okay. Yeah. Just not everybody's going to get special treatment, bro. Okay, okay. I got to build great, a tree. Great, So Mean Girls. Easy. Easy. Easy, breezy, beautiful. 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 Mean Girls. Mean Girls. <laughs> <laughs> cover, cover Girls. Yeah. Um, you, hey, uh, you want to you have to plug anything? Got a good bit for that today? No. Just two boon shot out? Literally, like. <laughs> The only thing I could do is maybe fart into the mic, but that would be rude. (laughs) It would be rude. So I'll just let you uh, sign this thing off. Thanks for listening, everybody. Give us five stars. Five stars, baby. Five-star podcast, five-star runtime. Um, Liam is Graham the Malo, uh, film writing alter ego, Twitter letterboxed. He is on In the Weeds with Weezer, the Little Bitches podcast. 
He is also in the band Guest Room Status. You can stream all of their music on the streaming services you use for music. I am on MK Podquest, where you can hear me talk about Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm and a bunch of other bullshit with our friend Neil. If you go to MortalKombatConquest.ca, you will also find all of my social media there, which includes being at Heart on Twitter and Letterboxd, and that's pretty much all the important stuff. Thank you all once again for listening to this episode of They Made Another One. You can find us all over the internet on Instagram at They Made Another, which is all one word on Letterboxd at TMAO. You can find all of our episodes and all your podcast services like Spotify, Apple, Google, fucking uh, Dropbox. <laughs> We're on Dropbox now. We can send you the files directly via Dropbox. Um, they made another one on all of those. Write us a nice review. Five stars. Oh. Do it for me. Do it for Mitchell. If you don't want to do it for him, do it for Detective Baloney. You can reach us via email at tmaopodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and your favorite dish from a local restaurant to your area. Just tell us about it. I'd love to know. Our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jade Dickinson. You can find it on Instagram at Jade Sketches. And with all of that out of the way, I don't. what's a good Mean Girls joke to end this episode with? I don't really know a lot. Alligators are so fetch. So true. That was really weak. It was weak. That was weak. Um, well, it has to be about Mean Girls because I usually say like next week we're gonna Mean Girls like on they made another one, but like what is? I only know the pink one. Isn't so fetch also Mean Girls? Yeah, but like you said it in a dumb way. She doesn't even go here. Next week we're gonna find out who even goes here. <laughs> on they made another one. <laughs>